There's a lot in that video, isn't there? It's football, Father's Day. You know, I, I, uh, when we talk about serve, which is what our topic is today, I, I love the fact that he wanted to serve his community. And, but it, it really kicked off when he became a dad. Now, I had all kinds of father references that I wanted to make today. Um, but I'm not sure I can get through them. Being a dad is, um, as I said earlier, it's the biggest challenge that I've ever faced, uh, but I've seen the greatest reward as well. Um, I can't even look over there this morning, though. My daughter sometime over the middle of the night came in and vandalized my office with sticky notes. (laughs) Didn't see that coming. So this morning when I went in to finish my, my sermon prep and get ready for this morning, all I could do is go, <laughs> so every once in a while you're like, dang, I did something right, or probably her mother, but um, I, I just read yesterday, um, Charles Spurgeon, a, a great preacher, said that it's not just about, uh, parenting's not just about teaching your kids who they should be, it's giving them the example of who you want them to become. And so parenting, being a father, for me, isn't, isn't just about anything that I can tell them to do. It's about showing them who Jesus is. When, when I hear someone like Anquan Bolden talk about serving his community and setting this vision, and he had this dream, he wanted to do these things, and I look at our church, and see, it, it's, it's kind of like, well, all right, he's, he's a multimillionaire. You know, he, he got to catch footballs and, and, and have this awesome life. But see, he still had a commitment to his community. He had a desire to serve. And I think that if we as a church, if we take the same type of commitment and vision that he had, and we have the same commitment and vision for our community, I think we can make just as big of change, if not greater. It's just about being committed. It's about having that vision and being willing to follow through with it. So this morning, as we dive into the last in our series, we've, we've talked about connecting. We have to connect with God and, and connect with each other. We've talked last week about growing spiritually. This week, as we talk about the third pillar of our, of our, of our future, as we talk about serving, I could have went to one piece of scripture, which is what I'm most comfortable doing, just finding one piece of scripture and going through it and talking about it. And and the easiest one was when we, throughout scripture, when when God talks about or has his, his authors talk about the body being, or the church being a body, I could have grabbed onto one of those verses and we could have just tore it apart. Well, I have bad news for you. That's not the way I was led. So unlike normal sermons where we can just go turn to one book in the Bible and just plant there for a while. Today, I'm going to have you doing a lot of this. We're going to be all over. Or if you use the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, and you pull up 
events, you can find our church service right there, and they're all in there, okay? So, um, but we're going to start in Ephesians 2, if you want to start flipping there. And the reason we're starting here, first of all, is I wanted us to hear from three different voices. We just spent a lot of time in the red letters listening to what Jesus had to teach us. And so this morning, we're going to hear from Jesus, but we're also going to hear from Peter and Paul. We're going to hear three different voices and what they have to, serve, what they have to say about serving. And when we start talking about serving and making a difference in our community, making a difference in our family, making a difference here in the church, the one thing where it was just really became clear to me that we had to start is Ephesians 2, starting in verse 8. It says, for, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves as a gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. All right, so the first thing that we need to really hammer down is, is that serving and doing good works is not to earn our salvation. We are not doing, it's, it's not a bucket thing and it's not a scale thing where we have to do more good works than we have bad so we, you know, when, when it's all said and done and, and we're weighed out that we earn our way into heaven. It is clearly a gift of God. It has everything to do with Jesus. We do not serve in order to please God. We do not serve in order to be loved more by God. We do not serve in order to earn our way into heaven. We serve because we are saved. We serve because we are loved. We are served because God chose us and created us before we were ever born for good works. We were created to do good works. And we, we, we get work messed up. We think of work as a curse. We're all looking forward to retirement. We all want to hit the lottery so we no longer have to work. But work isn't a curse. God created Adam in the very beginning and put him to work in the garden. That's why we were created. I think that that's why when we have a purpose, when we have a vision and a goal and a desire and we're hungry to do something, it's because that's how we were created. We want to do this. And I, I, as a farm boy growing up, and this really doesn't make sense for any of you who haven't experienced, maybe you do, maybe it don't make sense to you, but even until we sold the farm, some of my favorite days ever on the farm were hay days. When we would do a thousand square bales of hay, and at the end of the day, you're tired and sweaty, and you've got stuff in places you don't know how it got there, but you've accomplished something. You felt it. You worked and you felt it and it was good. So we were created to work. We were created to serve. But it's not to earn our salvation. That's, that's just where we have to start before we can get going any further. Now let's turn to the book of Matthew. We're going to spend... We're going to spend most of our time, or a little bit more time anyway, uh, Matthew chapter 20, starting with verse 20. I'll give you a second to get there. 
And while, while you're turning, let's just get, get it into context. Jesus, we're, we're almost to Jerusalem. It's, uh, he's been with his disciples for almost three years. They've been living with him on a daily basis, walking with him. They've, they've been watching him. He's been teaching them as well, but they've been learning a lot just watching Jesus. And in, in chapter 19, Jesus tells his 12 disciples, hey, when we get to heaven, we're all going to go there at some point. We're all going to be there. And I am going to have 12 thrones set up for you. So he's promised his disciples that they will have thrones with him in heaven. And then we have this really interesting thing happen, starting with verse 20 of chapter 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at the left in your kingdom. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at the right or the left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. Then the ten, when the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. All right, so let's, let's think about this for a second. Two grown men had their mom come ask a favor of Jesus. The ten others were upset because they hadn't thought of it first. But they were thinking like Gentiles. They were thinking like the Romans. They were thinking like Americans. They were thinking it's about them. They were thinking that they wanted some power. They wanted some prestige. They wanted to be the closest to Jesus. But Jesus clearly said that I did not come to be served, but to serve. And see, as disciples, we're supposed to let Jesus set the example for us. We're supposed to follow what Jesus does. And what Jesus does is he came to be served. So we're, we're, we're supposed to serve. As fathers, I think it's really a challenge. Early in our married life, I thought I was doing the right thing by working long hours and working hard and trying to make more money, spending more and more time away from the house. But my wife and our kids made it very clear that they would rather have less but have more time with me. And so we have to, we have to make sure that we're, doing, we're, that we're not chasing the money, we're not chasing the power, we're not chasing the prestige, we're not chasing the wrong things. We're just supposed to serve our wives and serve our children 
serve our church, serve our community. I, I see this church being a church that, um, that we are going to do whatever it takes short of sin to serve our community and bring people to Jesus. That's the vision that we have for this church. That we are serving others in such a way that they see Jesus through our actions. If you want to flip now to Galatians, the fifth chapter. Going to verse 13. We're going to read from 13 through 18. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out and you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. All right, so let's think about this. We're supposed to serve out of love, not obligation. We're supposed to serve one another humbly. And whenever this happens, when we decide to serve or we're called to serve or there's a sign-up sheet to serve, there's this inner battle that goes on. Or maybe I'm just talking about myself. But there's this inner battle that goes on where you're like, well, I got other things I need to do. Um, I've got some things that I want to do. I mean, there's, there's a game on tonight. I'd really like to watch that game. Or I'm tired. Man, I've worked really hard this week. And I, I, just, I just don't know. I just don't know if I really want to go do this. I don't know if I want to serve in this way. Is that just me or does that happen for you guys? See, there, Paul's spelling it out for us. This battle is always going to be there. So we need to be prepared for this battle. We need to be prepared for those excuses. We need to be prepared for our flesh to say, oh, come on, just sit on the couch and watch TV. Somebody else can feed the poor? Somebody else can go serve? Those kids at lunch, there's, they can serve their own meal if they need to. See, but here's, here's what I've learned. First of all, the battle's going to be there. So we need to be prepared for it. Those excuses, they're inside of us and it's our flesh and it's us wanting, we, we, we want to, our flesh wants to do the easy thing, the comfortable thing. But what I've learned is that I have never one time actually gone and served and felt bad about it or not energized by it, or, or actually most of the time you go and you serve others, but in reality, you're the one who receives the blessing. You, you, and it's not that, oh, I'm so good. It's like, wow, that was awesome. I'm, I'm glad I was here. 
So here's my challenge. Everyone needs to serve in the church and in the community. Somewhere, someplace. Now, maybe you don't know exactly where or how to serve. And so the challenge is, is that you just sign up or you talk to somebody and you serve one time, one time, in an area. And if at the end of that time, if you didn't like it, if you didn't feel the blessing, if, that, if, you, if the flesh didn't give in and say, all right, that was kind of cool, don't do that one again. See, this is something that we're, this is where that obligation thing comes in. As a church, our days of making people feel guilty or obligated to serve are over. Hadley turned in an application to serve in children's ministry, and she was told no. You're too busy. You're doing enough things in the church. I think, I think her quote comment was, I've never been told no. If you're serving in an area and you don't like it, get out of it. We don't want people serving in children's ministry who are grumpy. The kids can feel it. They know that you're here out of obligation and you're not here out of love. If it's not in your gifted area, don't do it. But if it is in your giftedness, then, then do it. And if you don't know what that is, let's look at the next point that we have. Let's turn to 1 Peter 4. First Peter 4, starting with verse 7, Peter writes, The end of all things is near, therefore be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. If you don't know what your gift is, or if you're saying, well, I'm not gifted, guess what? Then you're wrong. Everybody, everybody has been given a gift, and that gift has been given in order to serve. So we are, we are to serve to benefit others. It is not, it's not just a gift so that you can use it to benefit and, and just glorify you. The gift has been given so that you can serve others and benefit others and build up the body of Christ. And if you're saying, well, I don't know what my gift is, guess what? Perfect timing. Today, in the fellowship hall, in second hour, we're going to be figuring out each other's gifts in our shapes class. And you can come down, and today, today, it's a one-time offer, all right? One-time offer, discounted greatly. It's free. You can figure out what your gifts are and start thinking about how you can use them to bring glory to God. Now let's flip back to Matthew. See, I'm working on your Bible skills this morning. 
to the fifth chapter this time. Starting with verse 14. It says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We're to serve publicly. And I know that this kind of goes against what some of us feel inside of us. In the video, Anquan Bolden said that he wanted to stay in the background. He wanted to do things anonymously. And someone came to him and said, if if you really want to make a bigger difference, if you really want people to partner with you, you have to start a foundation and you have to get out in front of this. You have to use what God has given you, this huge platform, and you can do so much more with others than you could ever do on your own. And I know that we have, there are lots of jobs. There's lots of people when you start doing your gifts and talents. And service is a gift, by the way. It's one of the gifts of the Spirit. It's one of those things that God gives certain people. And they're designed 100% to be in the background. There are people who prepare the the communion. We don't see that happen. It just takes place. Um, There are people who mow the yard. We don't see that happen. It just happens. There's lots of areas in the church in which if people didn't serve in the background, you know, it's, it's every, lots of things get done around this church on a weekly basis that no one knows about unless someone forgets to do it. You know, one time someone forgot to make the coffee. That was a bad day, all right? So there's lots of jobs that are in the background. But on the flip side, there's a time and a place. There are gifts and talents in which they are, they're front and center. And sometimes we want to put them up on a pedestal. They're they're not supposed to be on a pedestal. There's no gift or talent greater than any of the others. You know, those who sing, they're not any more gifted or talented than other people. Other than, I mean, me, I can't sing or play anything. But we're not supposed to put them on a pedestal because what are they here? They're publicly trying to get us all to worship Jesus. In our community, see, if we always do things in the background, if we always do things anonymously, if we don't, if we don't publicly sponsor the, the sports team so that we get our signs put up, or, or every once in a while it comes out that, KCC did something in the community, then it's not for us to get the glory. It's for Jesus to get the glory and for people to have a good impression, a good, if, if, if something comes up, they, they think, you know what? KCC would, would help. The people at KCC, they, they're the type of people who would want to help here. That's why we're serving at the bridge. That's why we we do things in the community. That's why at Kirk's Crossing, you know, we're not setting up a, a tent or anything, but we can be in the parade, we can walk around, we can, we can just, we can be in our community, be involved, be active, be seen, help. Sometimes we have to do things publicly because only when people see us 
do things publicly, do we have that opportunity for when things go wrong in their lives that they know who to talk to? They know what church to, do, to connect with. It's not about us. And I'm not talking about, oh, look at me, I'm picking up a piece of trash in the name of Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not about us. It's not about, and I, and I know we try to, well, you know, I get the, the humility. I don't want the spotlight shined on us. But sometimes, we have, a lot of times, we need to be serving publicly in such a way that God gets the glory. A little easier this time. You just have to flip back a few pages in the book of Matthew. To the 28th chapter, the very end of the book of Matthew. The Great Commission, starting with verse 18. or six, I'm going to start with 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Oh, the word serves not in there. How'd Tom find that by Googling? Um, the vision for this church is that we serve the world. See, I don't want a small vision. I don't have a small vision. I don't think God's given the church a small vision. He's given us the great commission. It's not the small commission. I heard a comment one time, and I understand the heart behind it. And, and I, know, I know we keep using the word change. And I know that we're gonna be, there's going to be some changes happen. We, you know, if you don't change, you're just going to get the same things you've always gotten. So we're, we're, there are going to be some changes being made. But one of the challenges and the changes that people have talked about is that, you know, worship and Sunday morning experience and, and all of that. And, but we want to be a church in which um, we worship in such a way that attracts and keeps our young adults and it's, a, it's a, a place that our children and our grandchildren come and they worship in such a way that it, it fits their culture. And you know what? I, I think that's right. With one caveat. I think that we are short-sighted if we are saying that we want to make changes to keep our children and grandchildren here. Because that's not the vision that I have. It's not the vision I, I believe that God has for the church. What we want to become as a church is a church that doesn't just come and keeps, but we have people come and go. I want this church, I believe God wants this church to be a sending church. That we raise children up in this church in such a way, so passionately in love with their heavenly father, that they cannot wait to go and serve him wherever he calls them. 
And I'm not just putting it on our, on our youth. I'm not just saying that we want to grow up the kids who will become missionaries or pastors or preachers or, or worship leaders or whatever and go to Bible colleges and then go serve. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about families who, who get together and say, you know what? I think God's asking more from us. I, I am used to, and this is, a, this is just a, I'm used to being in a church in which we were ascending church, a church in which missions was such a big part of the church that at one time we were, we were the full-time sending, paying people for 10 on-field missionaries that all grew up in our church. That's how our family was raised. We have friends all over the world who all grew up in the little town of Greencastle, Indiana, and we could call, we, our kids would send emails to China to ask, that's how they learned about China. They, they contacted Leslie. If they wanted to know about Bangladesh, we contacted Mitch and Linda. If we wanted to t- know about Mexico, we, we, you just, you get, the, get this? You want to know about Africa? We, there's, uh, we've got friends in Africa. But you know what? It's one thing to have that one family or that one retired couple I shared about, Tom and Anita Cole, who when they retired, instead of living what they thought was a retirement dream, they went into full-time missions. It's more than that. Because we're not all called to Africa. We're not all called to go to the ends of the earth. But we are all called. There is no such thing as an uncalled Christian. There is no such thing as an unsent Christian. But for some of us, we're just literally sent across the street to reach our neighbors, to reach our community. As a church, we are going to be bold and faithful to go wherever Jesus asks us to go. And I'll be honest, the most challenging people to reach are our family and friends, the people who know us the best. And we have to humbly go to them and say, you know what, that's who I was, that's how I used to act, even if it was just yesterday. But Jesus is changing me. And so, our acts of service that we're going to do publicly and in our families, it's, it's so they see and meet Jesus. Because that's what this is all about. It's the only reason we're here. It's our only purpose in life. We get that confused sometimes as Americans. And I, and I don't want to sound unpatriotic, but the American dream and the Bible I read really don't go hand in hand. They are in opposition to one another. Jesus never asks us to build bigger houses. Jesus never asks us to buy newer cars. Jesus, he just asks us to love and to serve. He set the example. I don't know what that's going to look like for you. But as a body of believers, as this family, our vision is for everyone to connect, is for everyone to grow, and is for everyone to serve.
And as harsh as this may sound, if that's not you, this is not your church. That's our future. That's where we're going. And that's how we're going to get there. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we love you so very much. We thank you for Jesus and what he's done. We thank you, Lord, that we, can, uh, we have the opportunity to serve. Lord, a lot of us, we, we, we struggle with serving sometimes because we, first, we're, we're uncomfortable with it. We don't feel gifted. We don't feel like we have anything to offer, and that's just not true. Lord, you have created us with gifts and talents to be used to benefit others. Some of us, we're losing the battle with our flesh. We're too comfortable. And we, we just, we, we, we lose the battle. We don't want to get out. We don't want to do the hard things. And so, Lord, I, I pray that we overcome that. Father, some of us, we're, we're struggling with, uh, to do things publicly. Lord, we, we're, maybe it's our past. Maybe we were, we're locked in our past. We're ashamed of the things that we used to do. We're, and we, we don't, <clears throat> we're just, we haven't given it up. So Lord, I pray that we do. Many of us are just being disobedient. We're not set, following the example that Jesus set for us. And we've been deceived by the American dream. We desire more power, more prestige. We're chasing after the wrong things. So Father, I pray that we become bold in our faith, that we live according to the word of God, that we, that we follow Jesus wherever he leads us. I pray that we become fathers and mothers who set an example so that our children want to be um, just like us. Lord, help us to set an example for our families and our communities um, not so that they follow us, but they see us following Jesus. And Lord, just help us keep pointing back to him. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the message. And it can be challenging at times. But Father, it's through your strength and through the blood of Jesus that we're here. It's in his name we pray. Amen.